0: So I figured in honor of Mother's Day that I introduce you guys to a special person to me. She holds a very, very, very close place to my heart. This is a conversation with my mother. Dorcas Boki, and you get to listen into a brief conversation that we had where we talk about loss, we talk about grief, we talk about her experience with war, we talk about where she currently is today, and how God has brought her through. I know that if you stick around to the end, you will be blessed. So hey, listen into my conversation with my mother. Okay, uh, we're laughing so hard because... <laughs> I had to get my mom into this podcast episode, and it has taken us a good—and I'm not lying to you—I'm not exaggerating. It- took us a good 20 minutes just trying to get her to log into the website for us to log together (laughs) so she's here which is great um oh my gosh i i can't uh, we're we're laughing so hard because my husband tried to help her on her laptop and her his google is still on her laptop and so she says to me tell him to come and take his face off my laptop (laughs) He just logged into the account and she's like, I don't know what to do. But we're here. Thank you, mommy, for coming on. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. This is my mom. Everything that I know I am, I have become is because of this prayer warrior, this woman, this pastor, this evangelist. (laughs) I grew up just a background. Our house was always a house of prayer. Our house has always been a house of worship, of deliverance, of breakthrough, of miracles, signs, and wonders. You do not fall sick in my house because we will pray (laughs) you through. You will get anointed, doused in oil, brought to the altar. We believe in prayer first. And I have (laughs) learned everything I know from this woman. And I am more than honored. So I figured for Mother's Day, what better day? What better way is to have a conversation with my mom Yes. the reason I'm here. And I just wanted to say thank you. So, Mom, thank you.
1: Thank you, my daughter. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. And <laughs> I thank God for the woman that God has made you to become. You are a joy to my life. And my, my baby, I say, tell everyone you are my baby, no matter where I am. And to see you with your children and the way you are doing and I will not say any other thing. I'm thanking God for the husband that God gave to you. And God told me about him. You know, when you were so young in the high school, so it has been a joy. Say joy. Thank you, my daughter. Thank you. I know heaven <laughs> is proud of you, so we can Aww. continue.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You see what I mean? Listen, if you're wondering, and I'm just gonna put it out there, I am. M- A heritage, I'm Nigerian, so listen to me. Our accent is going to be going in and out in this conversation. So if you don't understand, you might need to replay this thing a couple of times because in my house, my mom said, When you come through my doors, you're Nigerian. So you need to understand that you need to respect yourself and speak right. So so listen, we're here, we're gonna record this, but I just want to start off by I think one of and such deep conversations, but I know one one of my fondest memories, like I said, was watching my mom of my mom was watching her preach. And we make we laugh about it now. But my mom is that preacher that she will literally kick her shoes off and (laughs) run. (laughs) And you're just like, where are we going next? (laughs) What? (laughs) What? (laughs) <laughs> what's happening but she is that woman that is like i'm ready to preach i'm ready to throw down she will scream i remember you oh my gosh i remember you being hoarse after every conference our yes. literally our in nigeria our our house in the in the yard would basically be turned into a uh, conference ground it was like a uh, three, four, five. And I was telling Randall this the other day. I was like, I remember it being like five days straight of just conference. We all had to yep. fast. You were the altar worker. You were the prayer people, wherever mm-hmm. you served, wherever you could serve, you did praise and worship. And then when she called on you, you got to do altar ministry. You got to catch people <laughs> when they call it. It didn't matter. Like when you are called into service, you were called into service. Yes. And I remember like our yard being filled with hundreds of people just hungry Mm -hmm. for God at that point I don't remember I don't even think I understood the scope of what you were doing Mm. but as I've grown older and I look back on those years and I was telling Randall I was like man you taught us what it was and what it is to be a servant for God Amen. amen you taught us what it meant to just give it all at the altar to serve Him in Him. And that's where our focus is. And I wanted to ask you, like, have you always been in love with God and passionate about the things of God as you are?
1: Oh, oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because I can remember from the age of seven, uh, my father was never, um, the family I come from, they were never Christians. And um, uh, being growing up, I um, was fortunate to be, to have attended c- Catholic school. And the moment I saw the nuns at the age of seven, eight, when I saw the nun and the way they were caring, in fact, I was praying from then to become a nun. Mm. I was praying to become a nun. And I, I started fasting by that age on my own. And I will be praying. And on Sundays, when going to school, my father turned my name, not knowing I will have Mary, and called me um, uh, Holy Mary. So every Sunday, <laughs> my father would say, Holy Mary, are you going to church? I say, Yes. So that became my life. And before 12, uh, at the age of 11, 12, I was fasting whenever this, uh, my school is over, holidays. I will fast that whole month, going wow. to church every morning, going fasting from six to six in the evening. I will be the only one in the school in Portacot. I mean in the church in Port, Harcourt, in our church. And all I was praying for was for the presence of God. There was a woman that I knew by then. She we call her Mama Tiger. She is a woman of God. And I saw anointing upon her apart from the Enorms because of the war in Nigeria, we left that area and we were in my hometown. And this woman made me to now seeking God with all my passion. I wouldn't tell you lie when I became in my teenage years. I drifted up like any other teenager to follow what was in the world. But in the back of my head, I knew that the hand of God was upon my life. And uh, until I think after you were born, I was still going to church. I was a church goer until you were born. I, I made you fast at the age of six months. So Yes. So. You see what I mean? We
0: don't play. This lady doesn't play. You are fast. Yes. Your children yes.
1: are fast. Yes. Children fast <laughs> as long as I'm concerned. And so that has been my life. That has been my story from when I can remember myself. Until now, when I realize that the love for Christ is even greater at this my old age than I was when I was young.
0: (laughs) Wow! Listen, but you and you said something just now about the war. Yes, I know this is like a, a a conversation we have it, but not fully. So I'm going to give you the opportunity. And I think your story, and I tell my mom this all the time, I feel like your story is one that the world needs to hear. Um, it's a one of overcoming. And I think that people that come in contact with you, a lot of times people don't know what you've been through. But when you open <laughs> your mouth, and I don't even think I knew what you had been through until we have these conversations. And I think that's what I love of our relationship is that these moments of just, Conversations and they're like storehouses. And I get it's like I, I'm getting to know you more mm-hmm. and more. So mm-hmm. I want you to touch on that the war. Mm-hmm. What was that? How was that? Because it was a civil if I'm right. Oh, yes. A civil war. Yes. And how was that? Where were you? How old were you? How did that affect <laughs> your family?
1: Oh, it affected us so much. Well, we are in, in Nigeria, in Ibadan, and uh, the war started. As I was about 10 years when the war started and we all have to leave where we, 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 we knew. I never knew my hometown until the time of the war. And going down, we traveled down to uh, uh, Omok. That's where in River State. It's called Omok in River State. That's, that's my hometown. And we we were there until another war came. I mean, the war now also now came, it was between Nigeria and Biafra. And the war came into our own hometown. And we left our hometown just with the clothes we had on. My father was just uh, a shirt, a T-shirt, and a wrapper back in my home, in my place. The men-tie wrapper. And the wrapper he had, his concern was to make sure that we were safe. And we, we we all went down to, a, in in a bush where they had the village. We are, I don't know what you should call it, but to me, it was a bush. I've never been in such a, a place. And my, uh, no, I've jumped it. We came, then later on went to Port Harcourt. In Port Harcourt, uh, because I was so close to my father, my mother and my father had divorced while I was less than a year. And... I became sick, a sickly person, which my father stood and because of the name, he he named me Ngozi, that I'm a blessing in his life. So I think that brought us so close. I was so close to my father that when the other children left, I refused to leave my father and my mother, my stepmother that I know today as a mother. And my brothers and sisters, everybody left. And my elder sister, uh, thank God, this month is there. She just went to be with the Lord two years this month. And they all left. But I told my father, I said, wherever you die is where we die. So if they are leaving you, they can go. And believe you me, I could have been to the being the cause of the death of my father because when the war came, he was still come, came to Port He was in the office while I was at home, and this day at home, I didn't listen. I wasn't at home and went out, and then I came to realize that indeed God has His hands upon me. There was this lady with her; she had this child on the back with two children holding. And we were we are running from, I, I, I said, let me help you with one child so you'll be comfortable with the one at the back and you're holding one. I held that child. I should be like 11 by then. And as I held the child and we moved. So when we got to my own place, I gave this woman the child. The moment she moved away from me, there was a bomb that came. And the woman and her children, I saw their body in the front there while I was here. And that made me to, I had a great thought, God, why didn't I go with these people? They just left, move an inch. And this was what happened. And my father got me and we left for that very day. We had to leave running down now to the village. And he was telling me, you will be the one to kill me. Look at this thing, you would have gone. And I would have been running from... My office straight home, but I have to, the village, but I had to come for you. You don't listen. I said, Papa, there is no problem. Wherever I die, wherever you die, it's where we die. There is no problem. We are going together. And we left. We are running in the night. We came to a, a, a in a forest, whereby the um, Nigerian armies were there, and they uh, we are killing people. And what would we do? We are dead bodies on the ground. And the next thing we did was my father used dead bodies to cover me up and also pull other another dead body very close to him, to himself. And we were there until so the ground was quieted and we knew that we were saved. And early in the morning, he, he just said, are you okay? I say, yes. We got up again and we started running. And in the morning, we were going. I needed to drink water. There was no water anywhere. There was no water. Mm. And he he saw, I don't know what you call it, these gutters. We have water, dirty water runs uh, on the street. And he's saying, Gazi, there is no water. What do we do? I said, Papa, this is water. We drink it. And I went into that type of a dirty water. I just pushed it off and I drank. Um, and that was how we left that place and the in the evening with by god's mercy so we are able to get to my hometown and my father drawed my ear again goes i'm warning you i'm warning you (laughs) yes
0: i laugh i laugh because i feel like my izzy is a replica Izzy is a replica of my mom. It's yes. the thing that you tell them not to do, that they find joints to, to yes, do. Yes. And so every time I look at him and, and I just laugh because I'm like, oh my gosh, but it runs in his DNA. And yes. those are the mighty people that God calls, the ones who are willing to go against mm-hmm. the, the status quo mm-hmm. to get the results. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when you first told me the story about the Civil War, I, I know that we never... I think something that's common in our culture is we don't really have these conversations with our kids no. of the things that we've been through. Mm-mm. And so I think time and time again, as we get to talk And as we all as a family get to open up, I think there are healing moments that happen because we get to understand where you're coming from about Mm -hmm. certain things. Because I I remember there were certain movies that you're like, no, we're not watching them. And I never Mm -hmm. understood until you told me about you seeing war You being in war and you seeing death. And then I said, aha, now it connects and it makes sense. So I think the power of, and for a lot of us, what we don't realize is the power of storytelling, of telling your story. It not only heals you, but it delivers somebody else. Um, So now fast forward. Yes, (laughs) Yes. <laughs> war happens? You've, you know, you see God's hands, mm-hmm. as you said, you backslide, you come back to God. Now you're on fire. Um, <laughs> where, what could you have told yourself if you could go back in time and tell your teenage self anything, what would it be?
1: Uh, if we are to talk of uh, from the world aspects and uh, my father, I will not change anything because all these things built me up to make me who I am today. Mm-hmm. There was, I think, about two or three years ago, I sent to my mom. She should be in her 80s. I sent to her, I said, thank you, mom, for training me the way you did. Because it made me to become a strong woman, not only and sometimes I think maybe at this my age now I'm slowing down in praying and screaming. Uh, it made me to to pray. It made me to become a warrior, and all those in my young age, I never believed there is something anything impossible. Not even by then. Not knowing God as I am now, I never believe there is anything Ngozi cannot do. Whatsoever I set my mind to do, I try to accomplish it. Except I leave it alone, and except there is something that we say, leave this thing alone. If not, I will see go back behind. Even when my father will say leave it alone, leave that fight alone, I will just say okay, Papa. He goes. He knows I will go back. To finish to finish the fighting on the streets, so that's made me. You know, I will not change anything because if I'm to change anything in my life, then the training that God gave me from small, you know, and that and have gotten me up to this extent will never has been there. So I don't think there is anything I would have changed, and I'm seeing the hand of God on uh, on me. Even at this age, I see the hand of God. And like I've told every one of you, no one is permitted to go home before me. And I'm not going till I'm 120 because that's what the word of God said. And I will still be preaching. The day I will be going home, the Lord will let me know and I will be preaching and bless everybody as I go. So there is nothing I I want to change. I'm in a training, even right now, I'm still in a training in the hand of the Lord.
0: And let me tell you guys something. I know you listen to her now, and she doesn't touch on what backsliding is. But this is a woman, and she always says, that "This is a chain smoker." <laughs> a chain smoker. How many packs yes. of cigarette a day did you used to smoke? Any day, I smoke uh, two packs. That is
1: a less cigarette. So oh. at least I go with so two, two packs a day. Yes. Yeah, How two, much?
0: And a, a drinking like a
1: bottle lighter. A, a fighter. Fighter I fight she on the streets. I fight on the streets, and like, I don't. I don't fight game. women because they she are weak
0: men. I fight <laughs> that's women. what she says. Yes. That's what she used to say until you met me and you yeah. had me, and then you knew it was strong people. But yeah, but you know, she was like, no, she fights a chain smoker, a, a drinker, a, a fighter, of everything. everything, everything, and everything. here you are, <laughs> a child of God, redeemed. Oh. Yes, for his kingdom sanctified um, and justified by him, redeemed. <laughs> yes, and I think I I just want to keep hammering this of uh, the importance of telling your testimony, the importance of sharing what you've been through. Because even fast forward now, just a couple of uh, a couple of years ago, I think as a lot of you guys know, I experienced. Child loss. I experienced a miscarriage and I remember being at the hospital calling my mom, tears (laughs) pouring down my eyes, bawling my eyes out. And I was just like, I don't know how this can happen. I don't know how this can happen. And I remember driving home. I was, my eyes were so filled with tears. I don't remember how I got home. I just know I got home. And I turned off the lights and I laid in bed on the couch, just crying the whole entire time. And I think. One of my healing moments, I felt myself going into this pit. And I think the healing moment was when I called you. (laughs) I picked up the phone and you (laughs) called me and you said to me, Mary, grieve, but don't stay there. Mm -hmm. You said to me, I want you to cry. Mm -hmm. Whatever you have to do, don't let anybody tell you how to grieve. Mm -hmm. Grieve but get out. Yes. And you shared your testimony with <laughs> me on loss. Mm-hmm. And I think the importance, and that was the first time I was like, man, your testimony is so strong because I felt myself, like I said, I felt myself going down a pit. But when I heard your testimony of how you dealt with your child loss, mm-hmm. I turned around and said, get up, Mary you're going to overcome. It's in your Mm -hmm. DNA. Mm -hmm. And so that, I remember it like day that, (laughs) that afternoon, I was like, okay, I can do this. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to make it. And I want you to kind of talk to that is Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how has understanding or sharing your story, how has that impacted you? And how has that pulled you out of the limitations that we sometimes as people, we put on ourselves
1: You know, my daughter, thank you. I had my first child while I was very young, at the age of 17. And before I was 18, the child is gone. And actually, I can't tell you today whether he's dead or alive, because I went to work and before I came back, my mom told me he died and they've never showed me where he was buried. That was the time, that was what made me to start smoking. That was what put me into smoking and drinking. And also coming in, the Lord blessed me with your father. I I have been the most luckiest woman on earth. That such a person can see me. Even when my father told him, leave this girl alone, she's going to kill you. He went to marry me, went to my father. My father said, leave her alone. She's not a material for a wife. And my mother said, how can you say such a thing? He said, don't you know her? So instead of this man to kill her, let's just have her alive because she will soon pick up a bottle on this man's head, you know, smash bottle on, on him. So let's just leave, leave him alone. And, the, and he said, no. And we got married and I could not, uh, 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 getting pregnant and losing the pregnancies. I know before, God finally blessed me with uh, Amina. Uh, That's in her, it was named after your grandmother on your father's side. And I also named her Onye Chuku. She was a gift from God. I know I've had about two miscarriages before then. And there were women, Catholic women, that uh, prayed for me. And God blessed me to have have her. And after her again, I had another miscarriage before I had Lamy in New York. (laughs) And I had to sit down and I began to, what comforts me? The comfort I usually have is, so to tell you, I've had like about four miscarriages. And I had to tell God, thank you, because I know they are in your hands. And I know I will see these children. I know you knew I was not capable of taking care of this great gift. So you have taken them to take care of them for me. And when I get home, I will see them. That has been a comfort because I try as much as I can to draw strength from the Lord. And again, there is something I have come to teach myself. When I sometimes we ask God, why me? Why me? And I've come to the essence to ask myself, if not you, who then? Who are you praying for? For such a thing to happen to, if not you. So that becomes, you know, it's like, as a lesson that the Lord has taught me. Never you ask me. Why me? Because I knew something happened when I lost your dad. So asking why me? So I've learned not to ask why me, but to see it with the eyes of the Lord, that there was a reason why God have to, because Mm -hmm. he gave the pregnant children to me, and he decided to keep them home for me, to nurture them for me. What a joy it will be that very day. In fact, before you call, I was uh, on Saturday, You know, when this month just came on, I began to say, May, oh God, May. Mm. This is like praying during July 31st, never to have been in the calendar. I say, God, I'm stepping into May. I've just stepped into May. Why is May around? Is it possible to move May? As I was meditating upon the Lord, the Lord said, I can only imagine. Then I remember there was a song like that. And since Saturday, I've been playing the song and it just comforted me. I can only imagine when I will see Jesus Christ, when finally I can see him face to face. Will I be able to speak? Will I be able to stand? Will I fall at his feet and just kiss on him and say, thank you? And the Lord just take me back. He said, that is exactly how your sister felt. And so she's resting. So, you know, sometimes when things happen to us, we must take it back and, and and let's get understanding. But that very moment, we may not understand. But when we put it into perspective, according to the word of God, then you will know that there is nothing that happens to a child of God that he doesn't know. I was telling a sister, I was counseling this morning. I said, listen to me, the God we serve is a good father. Let's move him as God. Because sometimes when we're talking God, God, we may become so, you know, see him as one, that mm-hmm. person they are so mighty. Yes, he is. But there are situations I come in that I see him as my father. Yeah. And I knew how my earthly father protected me, was there for me, will fight for me. And we come on the street, fight people who are fighting me, and then come back and deal with me. <laughs> but my father, I tell you, I thank God for Georgia. He's at home. He has been with the Lord for over 30 years. But I 30 years exactly, by December last year, I thank God for him. He made me to know who God is. He made me to know that God is a good father. So I was telling the sister, listen to me. There is nothing you are going through that your father don't know. Do you know he's a good father? So I there are so many. It, it depends on what happens in my life. I can see him as a judge. I can see him as a father. And I see him as a friend. So that's all that has been putting that I've been seeing me through in all my journeys in life. (laughs) Yes.
0: Ah man, thank you for sitting with me. It's just, you know what it is, is I think we need more of these open conversations with our children because the power and I it reminds me of even in the Bible where God says, and he gave them and he said to tell their children to tell it. It's about the power of storytelling is Mm -hmm. it's a deliverance. It's the testimony. It's the passing on of the, the ways, the tradition. And I think even for us in our culture, it's all about tradition. It's knowing what to do. Like, okay, when you have the baby, you have to come yes. and do a mugwa. Your mom mm-hmm. has to stay for two, <laughs> two weeks to bathe you, to bathe the baby. They cook for you. I mean, I love all of that. A traditional wedding, ah, how you have to do all of this. And I love mm-hmm. that. And I think that sometimes when it comes to the emotional part of our tradition, we neglect it. But I think over the years we we have come to a place where we're able to talk about mm-hmm. the emotional, and I think it's your willingness to open up and talk about where you've been has also been my healing when I needed it to be. And so, I just wanted to this is I wanted to introduce you guys to hope. <laughs> woman that is my mother I selfishly protect her because I don't want to share her but she's awesome and I keep telling her I'm like man your book is a book that the world needs to read Mm -hmm. is a book that the world women need to know that listen no matter what you've been through and listen guys she just touched on half of her story I mean, she has it. You see right there, even in talking about that, she always used to tell us she was a chain smoker, chain drinker, but I didn't know what sparked it. And so this is the first time I'm hearing it. And I'm Mm -hmm. telling you guys, that is the power of telling your story. Make sure that your sons, make sure that your daughter, they understand because sometimes we can put on this big front that mm-hmm. we have it all together. And then our kids feel as if I can never be like you mm-hmm. because you always have it all together. You're judgmental mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. and that. But I think our ability to relate to each other, let me tell y'all, my mom, I mm-hmm. I get mad because my sisters are always trying to hog her phone. I don't know why they can't call her at night. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like we call, I, I know we call, I call my mom once every day. Mm -hmm. Once every day, we get on the phone Mm -hmm. because it's just the power of having that conversation. If anything happens besides my husband, I'm calling my mom. My Mm -hmm. mom knows. I'm like, mom, look, I'm here. What do I do? And I think it's that ability to just be openness. And I think over the years, we've gone through that healing process from losing my dad. And, you know, we grew closer together Mm -hmm. as a unit. And there was such a transparency that we there was, it was loss. And I feel as if we always get closer together in loss Mm -hmm. for some weird reason. Like when loss happens, when we lose and there's grief and a lot of that, we tend to grow closer because like now there's this transparency of we're going to be open. We're going to be honest. We, I mean, what's there to lose? And I just appreciate you for showing us God, even in our grief. Because sometimes grief can pull you down and sink you. you. But it's like showing you always have a way of pointing us to, hey, I want you to know, like, I'm here with you. I'm in the muck with you. I'm in the mud with you. I'm in the trenches with you. But I may not be able to always pull you out, but let me show you somebody who can always pull you out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been your testimony. And so... Happy Mother's Day! Thank you, my love. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I was, I was telling Randall. I'm like, I've seen this woman start <laughs> ministries under trees. Not I've seen it, but I've heard of you start ministries yes. under trees. Under the tree, yes. And <laughs> grow it into. Thousands, thousands. given to thousands of a church of thousands in different parts of the world. There's never a point where God says go that you ever say no. No, so I just want to be able to live <laughs> up to that a little bit of that and exceed. You know what? You're go, you're going to know pass,
1: you. you are going to even pass that a thousand times. Don't
0: worry, my daughter. Okay. All right. I <laughs> <it>. <laughs> so thank you, mom, for being you. you. And like I said, ladies, don't be afraid to share your testimony. Open up to your kids, open up to your tribe, open up to your community because the power of storytelling, the power that is in your testimony is so great. It's going to set captives free. But you have to be willing to open your mouth. And I'm not just saying this to you guys, I'm saying this to myself too. You have to be willing to be transparent, to be authentic. And I've learned that from my mom is how to just be transparent. I mean, it's your story. Release it when you feel comfortable, Mm -hmm. but partner with the Holy Spirit. And when he, honestly, I'll take that back. Don't release it when you feel comfortable, because sometimes you may never feel comfortable. Release Mm -hmm. it when God says to release it, because Mm -hmm. when you release it, it will be the right time, the right moment. So I want to encourage you guys. First of all, happy Mother's Day. It's coming on Sunday. And Uh I just wanted to appreciate you guys for listening in, for tuning in always, and I hope you had this great conversation, this is just a comment I hope you enjoyed this great conversation with my mom just so that you can see <laughs> we're, we're, qua- we're come from the same claw we're kind of the same <laughs> we look alike, we're the same so I just wanted to thank you, thank you mom so much thank, for coming you. thank you. you, thank you, thank you thank you thank you for thank you. teaching me how to
1: get into the left.
0: <laughs> 35 years later, she finally got into the left thank you for listening in to yet another episode of the raw mama podcast i hope that you left this episode feeling inspired encouraged and motivated to pursue and live out the fullness of god's purpose for your life if you haven't done so already please be sure to like subscribe review and share this podcast. And throughout the week, you can always find me on Instagram and it is at rowing underscore mama. Let's have a conversation. DM me. Let's talk a little. Let's have a chat. Yeah, we'll chat. Um, and like always, do not forget to roar because your raw matters.